From North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC, this is Stories with a Heartbeat. I'm Will McInerney. This is the first episode of a new podcast about the human condition in conflict. As a poet, I've traveled around the world listening to stories. I mean really listening. I fumbled around with a microphone, and I scribbled down poems on the back of napkins and notebook pages. Along the journey, I discovered that conflict is, well, conflict is complex. It's not always good. It's not always bad. It's friction. It's human. I've seen it in war zones and classrooms, hospitals and protests. I felt it in my heart. And I've seen it in my own neighborhood. Conflict is all around us. But do we understand it? What happens when we break down the simplified and dehumanized narratives we so often hear? What happens when we use poetry and conversation to explore the human condition? Stories with a Heartbeat is a journey. The vast mosaic of local, national, and global conflict is our road and a desire to connect, the driving force. This is what happens when you hold a radio mic in one hand and a poet's pen in the other. This is Stories with a Heartbeat. On February 10th, 2015, Diabara Kat, his wife Yusor Abu Salha, and her sister Razan Abu Salha were murdered execution style in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Their neighbor, Craig Stephen Hicks, was detained later that night and eventually charged with three counts of first degree murder. News of three young Muslim Americans being killed quickly spread from a small, quiet college town to headlines and front pages around the world. We have breaking news in connection with the shooting deaths of three people at a Chapel Hill apartment complex. Police have identified three young Muslims were shot and killed in their apartment yesterday in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Craig Stephen Hicks, a neighbor, turned himself in last night. One of the victims of the shooting this week came to the StoryCorps mobile booth when it visited WUNC last summer. User Abu Salha brought her old well, elementary school Hundreds of people have gathered in the sports field opposite the mosque here in Raleigh, North Carolina, to pay their last respects to the three Muslim students who were shot earlier this week. Concerns about hate crimes and Islamophobia moved to the forefront as questions lingered. What happened that night? I'm from Chapel Hill. I live a mile from the crime scene, and I knew Dia. He was an aspiring dental student with a big smile and a firm handshake. He used to come out to my poetry shows. Last year, I worked closely with his older brother, Ferris Barakat, in the Middle East. Ferris is tall and jolly. He's got a smooth-as-butter personality, and he speaks with utmost sincerity. He loved his little brother. I sat down with Ferris and asked him to take me through the day Dia died. I was at work um, in Mebane, North Carolina. I worked for a courier company. Um, 
Yusra Abu Salha was with me that entire day. Um, she left promptly at 4.30. I stayed until about 7. I remember calling Yusra around 6.30 or so, letting her know that she forgot her charger, her MacBook charger. And um, I wanted to ask her if she wanted me to bring it over. Um, but my mom then called and um, actually, no, I called my mom. Um, I called her and I'm like, Mama, like, are you okay? Like, you know, what can I do or whatever? And she doesn't answer. She's like, have you heard from Liat? Barris's mother had heard rumors of a shooting at UNC Hospital, the place where her son, Dia, was a dental student. This is a close-knit family. Mom always knows where everyone is. My mom tracks us on, on Find My Friends. It's an iPhone feature to, to find us, and anytime she misses us or anything, she'll just check up on us to see where we're at. We looked up his location, and he was at the apartments. And if the shootings were at the hospital, um, that distanced him from that violence. And So I was just kind of speeding down and um, to Chapel Hill, which is about a 30-minute drive. Um, just heart racing, like I just don't know what to think. I get on Twitter and I see something about a shooting on Summer Walk Circle. And my heart sank because I know that's the address that my brother lived on. But even then, what are the chances? Get there, the police kind of block off the whole neighborhood. You can't get in. No one is telling me anything, except I see a bunch of his friends there. Turns out that um, one of his dental buddies uh, heard the shootings, who lived in the neighborhood, you know, texted the group. They have a group chat going, everybody okay? We heard gunshots. My brother wouldn't answer. So uh, one of them, she went to the door and saw my brother's body. Ferris called his father, told him that he better get down there quickly. Ferris's mother was already on the way, but she made a stop first. What my mom did is she didn't want to drive alone. Um, she went to the Abu Salha family. Um, she told him, you know, something might have happened to Diyat. So they came with her. They drove. Remember, Dia was married to Yusur Abu Salha. Here are two families, driving in the dark, trying to find their children. And on the way, they started calling Yusur's phone. And then they remembered that Razan was just visiting. They called Razan's phone. I was just hoping someone would answer. And then, like, we started receiving, like, condolence messages and things like that before we even heard anything, you know? Before the cops confirmed, because it took them, like, 10 p.m. or really late. Like, honestly, it was just ridiculous. Um, that they couldn't confirm an address. They couldn't confirm the bodies. They couldn't confirm anything. On the other side of the country, Ferris's older sister, Suzanne Barakat, was working as a resident physician in San Francisco. She calls us and she's like, why am I getting condolence letters? Like, what's happening? She's getting text messages. 
you know, I'm sorry for your set or something like that. Um, and then she gets text messages like, oh, it's all three of them, I'm sorry. Or, you know, something like that. And, and she's like, why am I getting these text messages? What is happening? But uh, as soon as something was confirmed, the address was confirmed, I let her know. As soon as the bodies were confirmed, I let her know. But still, you don't think that's... Like, that That brings you no closure. That brings you no, like, sense of, like, acceptance. Um, that happens all in the months to come. When I listen to Ferris... I'm reminded that poets are magicians. Wands masquerading as pens. We take words and create meaning. Take feeling and give birth to empathy rhyme. Rhyme is just a parlor trick but metaphor. Metaphor is a levitation of ideas. A mind-bending reality organized into stanza and verse a poet can take a story and turn it into a vision, hold a vision in their palms, read the lines and offer it as a blessing. Poets are magicians. But there are no words that can resurrect justice here. No magic trick that can right this wrong, that can heal these wounds. When I listen to Ferris, I realize Poets try so hard to find meaning in pain, to find insight in darkness. We hold magnifying glasses to the heart and mirrors to the world, but sometimes, sometimes metaphors must bow before the weight of reality. Sometimes we too are speechless. Our pens lie silent. After death, we mourn, we pray, we question, we listen. Sometimes, all we can do is listen. While prosecutors seek justice in court, the Barakat and Abu Salha families seek peace. Much of their focus has gone towards honoring and celebrating the lives of Dia, Yusor, and Razan. Those three names have echoed around the world, from op-eds to graffiti walls, hashtags to sermons. Millions have been inspired by the courageous and selfless lives they live. A few weeks after the tragedy, I traveled from Chapel Hill to the Turkish-Syrian border, a place close to Dia's heart, to see their legacy in action. In Rehanli, Turkey, 6,000 miles from Chapel Hill and a stone's throw away from the Syrian Civil War, there's a bustling refugee school. When I open the gate, 2,000 young Syrian kids shuffle in and out of classes. The energy is electric. Inside, I find a small dental clinic with a picture of three smiling faces taped to the wall. Underneath, there's a black paper heart. and white Arabic script, it says... We will not forget you. I look up and read, Dia Barakat, Yusur Abu Salha, Razan Abu Salha, Dental Clinic. Next time on Stories with a Heartbeat, we stay on the Syrian border, explore Dia's vision, the story of this clinic, 
and meet the Syrian refugees who are making it all possible. This is Stories with a Heartbeat. I'm Will McInerney. This podcast is a production of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. This episode was produced by David Brower and me. Thanks to Russ Henry, Rima Crace, Jorge Valencia, and Samir Abdelhalik for support. Our original music was created by Stephen Levitin, also known as the Apple Juice Kid. To hear more, check out applejuicekid.com. My guest was Ferris Barakat. Ferris is the executive director of The Lighthouse Project, an organization dedicated to reclaiming the Muslim American narrative. You can find out more at projectlight.house. And a special thanks to my colleague, Mike Mullah. Mike listened to me a lot. In those conversations, this podcast was born. In Chapel Hill, North Carolina, I'm Will McInerney.